Good morning and welcome, Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website, at allamericangold.com. And welcome to Friday. Yes, another week in the books. Uh, and already, man, it's 2022, uh, just starting off. Uh, just, well, really, think about it. For just like the last couple of years, a lot of, a lot of questions remain out there. Uh, the Supreme Court yesterday, uh, saying nope. OSHA does not have the power to enforce uh, companies with over 100 employees forcing their uh, employees to be vaccinated. And if not, you got to get weekly tested. That was struck down. That's good news. Now, that doesn't prevent companies from doing it on their own. Right, and of course, uh, we know the Biden administration, uh, are, uh, that, that's what they're encouraging these, these big companies to do, but, uh, at least as far as OSHA and fining and all of those things, uh, that, that, that was struck down. So that, that is a good thing, uh, for a lot of the employers who didn't want to do it. I think it also, uh, gives, gives some good, uh, opportunities for these companies that are a either thinking about it or b doing it maybe the reverse course we'll see uh, but the other part that they didn't strike down was the health care workers which apparently in the eyes of the supreme court listen i'm not a lawyer i'm not a judge but it just seems odd to me that the private sector people, you can make uh, your own choice when it comes to uh, your health, but the actual healthcare industry, you can't. Uh, but uh, uh, so it was kind of a, a, a mixed bag. But overall, positive news uh, for for all of us out there that were waiting to see what was going to happen there. Uh, I'll call it a victory. We know the uh, the three most liberal judges. It was six three, by the way. Uh, and I'll, I'll let you figure out the three dissenters, uh, but they were the ones that were in the news with the, these crazy comments. Uh, but, but neither here nor there. That was good news. Uh, today we had retail sales. That was not good. So, uh, Jason and I yesterday we were talking about, okay, here's what they're hoping for for 2022, right? So if you think about what's the wish list? For 2022, in the eyes of of of, of the Federal Reserve and, and Wall Street, and that's inflation. That's their wish list. Now they don't want. No, don't get me wrong. Right? They don't. They don't want you know 10, 20, 30 percent inflation, but they want inflation. Right? And they're hoping that the Fed can go out and do what it's doing right now. We're going to end the taper. We're going to raise interest rates a few times. And they're hoping, beyond hope, that that won't do any damage. That, that's that's what they hope. Of course, uh, the other side of it was, what if they're wrong? Then we end up with stagflation. Of course, stagflation would be, hey, we still got the inflation, but we don't get the economic growth that goes with it. And yesterday, remember, we're talking uh, both sides. We said Jamie Dimon, who was on the inflation side. Then we, I guess you had uh, Jeffrey Gunlatch, who's the bond guy. He, he's like, hey, uh-uh. I don't know what these guys are smoking, right? We're, we're headed to recession. 
uh, as and he thinks interest rates can only get up to about one and a half percent. But Jason, we had retail sales out for December, and it was a stinker, down one point nine percent. So let's just call it down two percent, uh, which really plays into uh, the stagflation issue that I think we're going to end up with uh, in twenty twenty two, Jason. It wasn't a, a big bump for a Christmas shopping. <laughs> yeah, no, and here's what was so funny about it. Well, it was because everybody bought early, and I, oh. maybe, I, I don't know that I buy it. Uh, you know, when you were out, I, I will say this, because uh, my mom was here for Christmas, and her and my wife, they were out in the stores. And, and now, in fairness, most of these were talking about the supermarkets. And my wife and my mom would come back and say, man, you know, it really wasn't that crowded. Because usually right around Christmas time, the lines get pretty long, no matter where you're at. But they, they had said that, you know, over and over how the lines really weren't that crowded uh, after Christmas. That wasn't that crowded. Uh, and today, uh, the retail sales uh, said, yeah, guess what? They really weren't that crowded. And on top of that, Jason, we had bank earnings. We had J.P. Morgan lead off the Everyone was ready for the big blowout from J.P. Morgan. It didn't happen. J.P. Morgan shares are actually down today. Well, and, and depending on what happens, as you've been talking, Joe, is, is the the weakness of the the markets. If you know, it doesn't matter what stock you have, if it starts to go down, it's all going to go down a certain amount. So I, I'm just waiting. I'm sitting here waiting, Joe, because every time you throw out these numbers, it's another bad one, and another bad one, and another bad one, and. It only takes a certain amount of these uh, bad numbers before finally the bottom kind of falls out and we start to have some real movement, some real actual uh, uh, data that shows what's actually going on economically in this country and the world because it's, it's not good. People don't understand how, how, how weak it gets every single year. It just gets worse and worse, Joe. Well, yeah, and, and we've had this, this thing really, really when you think about 2021, really. The whole big rally was about a six stock rally, and I know that's and I, and I'm understating it. Was, it was more more than six, but the six stocks were by far and away uh, the biggest part of the rally. When you look underneath that, we we've been discussing it for a long time. There's a lot of turmoil in the stock market right now, and it's just a matter to Jason's point. If all of a sudden people are like wait a minute gdp growth isn't going to be what we thought and and this these these bigger stocks that have been riding high come back down to earth just a little bit you're going to see oversized losses on wall street but we've got a great show for you lined up don't touch that dial 800-951-0592 pizza radio news hour and every day seemingly I give you, hey, the new price hikes of the day. Today is the biggest one yet. So let's just get through it here. Eggs up 21% from December of 2020 to December of 2021. By the way, uh, grocery stores Eggs are going, all of these items I'm going to give you, they're all going higher again. And matter of fact, probably, and I'm not the, the main shopper in our house, probably already have. Uh, beef chuck roast. Okay, so this is, we're not talking about filet mignon here. And we're not even talking about top sirloin. 
This is probably one step above hamburger. Uh, beef chuck roast up 15.2%. Uh, by the way, that's seven bucks a pound right there. Bacon up 23.7%. Ground beef. You know, ground beef's over $5 a pound. Up 13.6. Pork chops up eight. Oranges up nine. Chicken breast up 13. A gallon of milk up six. Coffee up 10. By the way, you know what's so funny? Outside of the gallon of milk at six, notice how all of these are way above what the Fed says inflation is? <laughs> Butter. Butter prices skyrocketing 40%. Uh, the USDA is now saying, I don't know how this, just all of a sudden, uh, they're saying that uh, the cost of a pound of butter is up 40 percent. Uh, they're saying the USDA saying that there is a butter shortage going on. Yes, the apparently the butter warehouses, Jason, are out or running out. They say the weekly average price of butter rose to two dollars and sixty six pounds uh, for the week that just ended. Uh, here, January seventh. There's an egg shortage uh, too, and, Joe. And there's, a, there's an egg shortage also. It's uh, you know we, we we I think we covered that a week or two ago where the eggs, the largest egg producers having trouble covering their their orders, Joe. So it's uh, yeah, and 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 remember, we listen, we've educated you. You know this. Listen, the supply of everything, the 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 extra. Right, the stuff that's it's in storage, or or hey, we've got to say you just call me up. Hey, I need another thousand pounds of butter. Okay, I got you. The ability to do that is gone. You call them up. Hey, I need another thousand pounds of butter. Oh, okay. Well, I'll I'll tell you what. Uh, I'll get that to you in about 12 weeks. Oh, well, I need it now. Joe, I saw videos out of Australia where meat sections were completely empty, not even any chicken. And uh, that, that's these are the, the most concerning things because, well, we're in America, so what does that matter? Well, that means that people in Australia are going to have to pay more to get those shelves filled back up, which means there's less of it for Americans. It's, uh, it's, there's competition there, yeah. Joe. Here you go. How about the new car prices? New all-time record high, $47,100. I don't mean to laugh. There's nothing funny about it. Uh, 47000 $100 now is the, I guess, the what they're calling it, the median price, if you will, uh, for uh, new cars. How about this one? Domino's Pizza saying that due to soaring cost that the they're reducing, and this is kind of funny, this is how they, they do things too. So you have the regular inflation, and then you have what we call shrinkflation. Domino's Pizza, which... You'd call up Domino's, you'd get 10 wings for $7.99. Domino's came out today and said, due to soaring cost, uh, you will now be getting eight wings. (laughs) Yes, so uh, essentially we went from 80 cents a wing to a dollar a wing. The the, the box will look the same, Joe. The box will look the same. (laughs) The the (laughs) box. <laughs> the box will be the same. There's just going to be less say. Well, if they're smart, they'll shrink the box a little bit so it looks as full, right? You know that that's how you got to work it. Uh, how, how about this one, lumber? And I know I brought this up a bunch of times, and I only bring it up because this is how desperate uh, these clowns that call themselves our central bankers are. 
to to uh, saying, see how we're right when we know that they're wrong. Remember when lumber prices hit the all-time record high, and then it fell, and Jay Powell said, see, it's just transitory. And, of course, the very next day I told all of you, don't worry, lumber's coming right back. And, and I explained the whole supply, demand, and all that. I explained it all to you. Lumber prices broke over $1,000 per board foot. Well, guess what? Lumber fr- uh, futures yesterday rose to $1,234 per thousand board feet. Uh, it's up 175% from the August low. And by the way, just to give you an idea of that August low, that was still 30% higher uh, for an August lumber price. By the way, August is usually the cheapest price for lumber, just so people know. Uh, that was 30% higher than it was supposed to be in a, in a normal August. And, of course, now uh, lumber prices still got a late ways to go. Got about another 400 bucks or so to get back to its all-time highs. And let's, let's hope it doesn't. Uh, but $1,234 per thousand board feet. And I've told you, normally what lumber costs about $200 per thousand board feet. So you, you can, you can do the math there. And then how about this one? Remember, listen, all these masks, everyone mask it up and all of these things. Well, apparently the Center for Disease Control, you know, the CDC, uh, with the, you know, the Omicron, you know, they gotta keep the fear going. Right and 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 let's face it, much uh, much easier to get. Right there, you know, it's more contagious. Well, they're now saying, well, maybe it's time for the N95 mask. I don't know if you saw that or not. They they're saying, you know, uh, because and again, Jason, we'll go back to the ori- uh, the original when this first started breaking. We were telling everybody all along, listen, if it's not an N- N95 mask, you're not stopping anything. Well, apparently, just the fact that the CDC has said we may have to mandate N95 mask, uh, N95 mask went from sixteen dollars and ninety nine cents for a fifty pack. To seventy nine ninety nine, Jason. Wow, there's got to be something more than inflation <laughs> in that one, man. There's something a little more than inflation and tickling that number. That's crazy. Well, I just find it interesting. So, what are you saying? If you're, it, are you saying that all the masks that you've made, all listen, all of us had to go buy them, right? We're all putting now. You're you're saying that those really don't work, right? Right? I mean, oh, wait man. a minute. Right, I'm just asking a question here. So are you admitting that, oh, by the way, we made you parade around in these masks that really didn't work? I, I, and I don't know, but, I, I, you know, it, they didn't say, hey, let's come back out with the regular old uh, mask bending. That's not what they said. They said, hey, you know what, we may need to come out with the N95. Uh, and, of course, uh, that just took it. By the way, Bru- uh, Bloomberg went a step further. Uh, they were out online saying, hey, I don't know what these guys are talking about. The best we could come up with was 20 N95 masks for $72. Uh, they, they said that they couldn't find the 50-pack Kimberly Clark anywhere to be found. So uh, very interesting. Th- those are the items. That was just today. Those are the items today that either hit all-time highs or near all-time highs that are – 
way above. There's not a single one of these things that's even remotely close to this fantasy land 7% inflation that they admitted to a couple of days ago. Yeah, you know, nowhere close. Just for like another what, fifty bucks or something, Joe? You can get a roll of silver dimes from Patriot Trading. <laughs> I would try to just do that instead of get those those uh, those ridiculous masks that don't work. I don't care on what level. Let's just let's just breathe a lot less and get a lot more sick wearing these masks. <laughs> I think there's this. You know what? Everybody stop breathing. That'll fix it. Man. Well, I I said I was done. I lied. Uh, there's one more thing. Shipping expenses into the United States have hit another new all-time record high. Uh, they're saying that shipping goods uh, to the customers in the United States spiked 43.6% from December of 2020. And if you actually go to 2019, shipping costs throughout the United States. So this isn't just put it on the, put it on the big ship from China to Long Beach. Uh-uh. This is put it on the big ship from China to Long Beach. Then it gets to Long Beach. They, they put it on a truck. That truck drives it to the warehouse. Uh, they put it in the warehouse. Then the warehouse, another truck picks it up, brings it to the store. Up 63% from 2019. Uh, and that is the freight index, the CAS freight index, uh, which is at a new all-time uh, record highs, and just to put it in perspective, if you go back to uh, before the before the crash, so before the housing crash and all of that, uh, you were looking at a a freight number that were up about four. I'm just doing the math in my head here, almost four hundred percent now, four hundred percent more to ship freight in the United States than it was before uh, 2007. And, Joe, that's the number one factor is the YT Hebo T here got, uh, went up in price. And he, and uh, Milan kept his prices as low as he could, but that, that's shipping from South America. So it doesn't have to just be shipping from China. It's shipping from anywhere coming into the United States. Yeah, and, and again, it's not just putting it on the boat. And, and, and for those of you that don't know, for you Arizona listeners, uh, one of the great products uh, we sell – uh, at the radio station in Colorado, Tehebo Tea, uh, the the price of a pound of Tehebo Tea went from thirty five dollars to fifty dollars, and and uh, Milan was telling us he goes, you know, it wasn't. He goes, the tea went up, right? The, what he had to pay for the tea went up, but he said really almost all of the increase. And you think about that's a huge increase when you talk about. Uh, fifteen bucks on on thirty five dollars. That's fo- almost forty three percent. So think about this. Uh, one of our distributors says, "Hey, inflation is forty three percent for me." But he he had told Jason and I the biggest by far part of the increase had to do with the actual cost of shipping the tea, and then the bags disappearing too. <laughs> You know the the bags. He actually has the the sticker on it that has his uh, his label on it. He's you know the, the, the stuff. bags with his logos on it. Yeah, yeah they, they can't. It's it's crazy. What's what's what uh, what's going on in the world? I mean, uh, he actually said you know he bought all of the available plain bags. and He's going to put his own sticker on them because all of the labeled bags are gone. And he's like, you know what? If they can't get me more plain bags, 
I'm going to be selling this in baggies as, as if it's like marijuana or something because there won't be any any actual paper bags. You know, you brought up something interesting. So Arlene, uh, one of Arlene's uh, kids is is getting ready to get married. And, and Arlene is a, she's a makeup planner. You know, and Arlene, Ar- Arlene and my mom have so many similarities. You know, uh, I, and my mom's an old, old school uh, lady out there. And um, the, the funny thing about it was, my mom liked to put money in envelopes. That's you know, she was a big envelope. Put money in envelopes. You know, for this is for the you know this is for the uh, Joey's basketball shoes, and this is going to be for for uh, my brother Matt's. This is going to be for uh, his baseball dues, or you know whatever it may be. Right? She she'd have the the little envelopes, and Arlene she has her little envelopes, but she's. Her, her, she's getting ready. Her son's getting, gonna be getting married, and she, she would happen to be at Party City. And she came back, and she's like, "There's nothing in the store. The store is empty." And then Brittany, who uh, Brittany's off today because her granddaughter's seventh birthday, and she was like, "Oh my God, I went to Party City too, Jason. There's nothing in the store." Uh oh, uh oh, what's going on there? Yeah. Uh, empty shelves, Joe. When I saw the Australian videos of the meat section, completely empty. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Gold, gold, just hanging out today. Uh, really not, uh, not really doing much of anything. Eighteen twenty uh, per ounce today. Eighteen twenty. That's uh, your spot gold price today. Silver uh, just below. Uh, $23 today. Uh, yesterday we had a special on $10 liberties. Uh, we, we sold through all of those, but today I, I've got a, a really, uh, good amount finally. Uh, this is on the $5, uh, liberty. So these are the, the quarter ounce, uh, $5 liberties. And here's the thing. The, the, these, I, these are gonna be a little nicer. Uh, than what we normally carry, and, that, and that's saying something because we carry a uh, really nice product to begin with. But these are going to be uh, all XF, XF grade, uh, $5 Liberties. I've got a couple hundred of them. Uh, right now, a regular price on a $5 Liberty is $600. Uh, so we're going to go up a couple grades here, uh, $500. In ninety-five dollars, so you get a little nicer-looking coin, if you will. Same amount of gold, hey, but you get uh, you got to pay less money for it today. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two, and you take the time just keep adding to your portfolios uh, as we kind of watch all this stock. And you know, we were talking about is it going to be uh, inflation? Is it going to be stagflation? You know, Jay Powell said a few days ago, okay, you know, listen, we're going to wait, you know, we're, we're going to do something, but let's just see what happens, you know, uh, the second half of 2022. Well, according to the CEOs of the world out there, uh, Jay Powell does not have his pulse on the finger. And listen, this, we've told you this over and 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 over again. You have no idea the amount of money they really spent. It is trillions 
in trillions in trillions of dollars. And not just, you know, we, we can see about, oh, well, the deficit's 30 trillion. No, I'm not talking about that. This is secretive trillions of dollars in, in overnight operations and bailouts and things that you didn't see. Uh, but almost 60% of the world's CEOs are now saying, listen, inflation is not going away at all in 2022. Matter of fact, most of them are like, listen, it may not even be gone until mid-2023 or beyond. It's so bad now that uh, inflation, when you used to talk to these global CEOs, and they have all these surveys, they say blah, 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 and they talk about uh, what's worrying you. Inflation used to be way down the list. Matter of fact, uh, in 2019, inflation was 22nd on their list. So think about all the things that were, you know, barely a factor. Inflation is now second, only behind COVID, as the number one issue they're facing. 95% of all manufacturing CEOs said that they are facing significant upward pricing materials, uh, pressure on raw materials, wages, and other inputs. And so you think about it, listen, that's almost everybody. And, and again, what happens when the manufacturers feel it? Well, the manufacturers raise the price, which up, what means what? Up, you're going to end up paying more. And this is why I said when we sit there and we look at all of this stuff, uh, we're, we're still early. There's a lot more price increases to come. But when we talked about money spent, remember when, and this is going back to like 2019, Remember they were doing tapering the first time. Yep. Right? Remember that, Jason, yep. the first round of tapering? Remember their balance sheet was over $4 trillion, and they had this great plan. Uh, right? Remember, they they actually raised interest rates a couple of times. Yep, starting in the late 15, right? yep. Right? They raised interest rates a couple of times. Of course, then they were like, oh, nope, never mind. <laughs> Go back to zero. And then they, they, then they said, but don't worry, hey, we're going to start tapering now. Of course, that didn't last very long. And Bank of America, remember, I covered it right here. In May, Bank of America had written a letter to the Federal Reserve saying, what are you idiots doing? Now, they didn't use the word idiot. That was my word. We're going to have a huge problem in in just a few months. It, we're going, you're going to have to do the exact opposite, and of course, that's exactly what happened on September 16, 2019, one day before the Federal Reserve embarked on its first emergency repo loans since the financial crisis. Now, we don't hear about it. Right? Matter of fact, they've actually taken it off their balance sheet. They don't even, they used to show us what it was. They just got rid of it. Well, why? Well, because it's a number we don't like. And guess what? Wall Street doesn't like it, so therefore, they, they're glad it's gone too. So then, you know what? They don't have to talk about it. Right? Kind of like, well, it's, it's out of sight, out of mind. 
right? You know, uh, oh, someone pooped in the corner. Well, put a piece of newspaper over it, and we'll pretend that it doesn't smell. And they sold some Think of their. About this. And Joe, they so did. Let me they, tell you what. they did start selling part of their balance sheet too uh, in 2018, 2019. They were they were try, they were doing what they're talking about doing right now. They're oh wait, well, I think we're gonna we're gonna sell off that balance sheet. I think it went from 4.4 trillion down to like what, like 3.7 trillion or something. They were something like that, yep. right? And and this is when they stopped. Apparently, the day before, so go back September 16th. So it had been the 15th of September. And remember. We warn you about having too much money in the bank all the time here. Apparently, unbeknownst to anybody, they had one of their CDSs blow up. So we're here, we're, wait, we're back to credit default swaps. Remember that term? Remember that term from the financial crisis? What, excuse me? Oh, yeah. What we didn't know was it was a th- this particular swap was two point seven billion dollars. Okay, so think about think how big these things are, right? Just this is just one, right? And for those of you that don't know what a credit default swap is, picture uh, and, and it can be anything: c- commercial loans, home loans, auto loans. They tear them up into thousands of pieces. And they put, hey, uh, this particular credit default swap's got little bitty pieces of homes from California to New York and everything in between, and it totals $2.7 billion. We're going to talk about how much the Fed spent to cover this up. You're not going to believe it. XF $5 liberties. And XF just means extra fine. Extra fine five dollar liberties at five ninety five, cheaper than our circulated ones today at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Now I'm going back to nineteen. Don't worry, I'm going to tie it to today. Okay, so there's a blow up, two point seven billion dollars. The very next day, the Federal Reserve launched launches its repo operation. And all of a sudden the balance sheet blows up. So to Jason's point, we went to three seven or three point eight trillion. Now we're almost at nine. Okay. So think about think about that. So from twenty nineteen and a little over two years, the Fed's balance sheet has more than doubled. But they spent a cumulative a $2.7 billion blow-up from September of 19 to June 20th, or I'm sorry, July 2nd, 2020. This is when they took it off the sheet. So I don't know if the operation is, we don't know what happened to it. It just disappears. The Fed spent a cumulative $11.23 trillion dollars. You heard me right. $11 trillion on a $2.7 billion default. Now, I got to give Wall Street on parade. The Martins, are they do great research. They're speculating that it had to do with 
a a with a UK tour operator called Thomas Cook. They're a travel travel industry that filed for bankruptcy on the same day of the default swap. And oh, by the way, it just happened to be that Thomas Cook, who I've never heard of, had a credit derivatives worth, lo and behold, $2.7 billion, Jason. That's right, Joe. Yeah, that was, you know, these are the things we were talking about in 2019, the stuff that we knew about on the, on the, on the front end of the repo problems. And and I knew I knew that a, a market stress was coming. I didn't know that coronavirus would be their big uh, their big scary monster that they'd bring into the room. But but Joe, the other countries of the world like China, China sold more treasuries in December of nineteen than at any other time. And Japan started selling U.S. treasuries, which they'd really almost never do. Well, well and again, right, so all of these little ancillary things that you were pointing out were happening, right? And it started it. with this event. Yep. Yep. And then all of a sudden, here comes coronavirus, so no one pays attention? That's right. Got to have the monster to point the finger at, Joe, so nobody uh, looks at the man behind the curtain. That's the way it's got to be. So let's fast forward to today. Let's fast forward to today. Now all of a sudden, here's what you're going to tell me. Okay. Why is J.P. Morgan down today? Because they, they beat, not by a lot, they did beat the number. But nobody was very impressed. And remember, they're hoping for inflation. What happens if we don't get it? In other words, retail sales, which were in the toilet for December, continue to struggle. Inflation's running through the roof. And all of a sudden, we get stagflation instead, which is soaring prices in an economy that's in decline. Uh, Jeff Gunlitz, he says, I don't know yet, but I'm on recession watch. And doesn't think the Fed, he thinks the Fed, when it gets to 1.5%, that's it. That's when the recession's going to hit. I don't know, but... What are the default swaps going to look like if that ends up happening, Jason? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it doesn't sound too good, does it, Joe? It doesn't sound too good. I mean, these. I mean, what are we talking about here? Are we even? Uh, are we going to have a balance sheet that's nine trillion dollars, and then all of a sudden the Fed's like, "Oh wait, we got another problem right now." All of a sudden, the the, the balance sheets. 18 trillion, 20 trillion, 30 trillion, right? It's nonsensical. And this is why I'm saying I don't like the way this looks because this, this should have been, again, it would be one, right? You know, remember Lehman Brothers. Well, everyone knew Lehman Brothers. This was a travel agency. You mean they were going to bring down the whole credit default swap market? Really? 2.7 and 2.7 but yes that's a lot of money but not do these credit default swaps are in the hundreds of trillions of dollars that's right. it, it, this Very is dangerous. it's minuscule the feds in a corner 
you know they're in a corner because I've educated you. They're in the corner. There is no way out of this. Joe, the, uh, the, the $120 billion in purchases that they're tapering away from here recently, when they, when they do their tapering and they get their purchases down to zero, and maybe they even flirt with actually uh, lowering the balance sheet, and, and then they, the interest rates go up a couple of quarter points, when this thing burns back the other way, it's like, oh, well, the markets are dying. we got to come in and save it again. When they reverse course uh, to, to print enough money to, to, to kick the can down the road, you may be seeing purchase, monthly purchases of like $700 billion or $800 billion a month. That's how much above the $120 billion that they're going to have to go to try to make this thing work the way they're looking at it, Joe. Can you imagine those monthly purchases, how big they're going to be? Yeah, and you think about it, right, because this is what we've seen. Every time we see it, right, they get bigger. I mean, remember the first bailout was only like $700 billion? That's right. And now we find out, hey, uh, by the way, in like seven months, eight months, the Fed pumped in $11 trillion in the credit uh, swap market. Yeah. I hope you're getting ready. Take the Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. 800-951-0592, XF $5 Liberties. These are the quarter ounce. These are the old $5 libs back when our money was actually gold. Think about this, that, that, that was, it was $5 from 1866 to 1907. It bought the exact same amount of stuff from 18, whatever you could buy for $5 in 1866, you could buy the same exact stuff in 1907. Think about that. Do you, what, name me one thing, one thing that you could buy in like 1970 or 1980 and you can still buy it today and it's the same price. Right? I mean, gas was like, I don't even know. What was it? 25, 26, 27 cents? Yep. Yep. I, How about I, this one? It, it just doesn't stop. Retail prices for lettuce are now soaring more than any other food item tracked by the government. I don't yep. mean to laugh. Uh, romaine lettuce prices up 61%. I mean, it just doesn't end, Jason, everywhere we turn around. Uh, and again, why did this happen? It's not a supply problem. That's what they want you to believe. Oh, well, it's just supply, supply, you know, bottlenecks. No, it's because they printed so much damn money. Yep. That same video I watched in Australia with the empty meat section, they had an almost empty produce section. Same same stores. And and so when you're looking at what's really happening here, I don't think they're they're we they're not that good. We we sometimes we give them way too much credit. I don't see a way that the central bank somehow finds the mythical unicorn fairy that allows them to end taper and starts raise, raising rates, and yet somehow the economy just keeps growing. It's not going to happen that way. You know it, and I know it. These prices aren't going down. The bottleneck, if you will, that they keep blaming, it's actually gotten worse. Christmas is over. How could it be getting worse? Right? The, the amount of, of, of freight should be slowing down. It's not slowing down. It, it, the pile-ups and the pile-ups, it, it's never-ending. And when you really look at what we're really in for, 
Uh, I, I think, unfortunately, we're, we're, we're in for a huge shock to the system. I think this is going to be a very short-lived pretend fight on inflation, and I would not be surprised as early as either late 2022 or early 2023, Jason, they're already going back the other way. We're going to go back to zero. Here comes here comes the, the balance sheet stuff again, right? All that stuff all over again. I find it hard for them to make it out of 2022 without a reversing course. I, I don't know what month, but it would be hard. It would be hard to see how fa- as fast as it's moving, Joe, for them to be able to uh, – Get into 2023 before reversing course. Could I, the the inflation we're talking about, and and, and you, you talk about this new inflation. Well, the inflation has been going on since 1913. They've been the Federal Reserve's job is to steal from the public for the profit of their of their shareholders, and and this is the way it's been designed since they put the central bank in place. So this inflation that's happening, Joe, the, the, the empty shelves, I don't talk a lot about empty shelves, but the reason you talk about the empty shelves now is because the inflation that continues will make the severity of the empty shelves worse as the year goes on, Joe, and they, they gotta have, they're going to have to fix that problem. So they're going to have to reverse course pretty quickly, I would say.